too much. So our first reading, which we're looking at, is right at the end of the book of Matthew, quite apt to come after Easter, and it's Matthew 28, 16 to 20, and John is going to read that to us. Matthew 28, beginning of verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you, John. Do you know, it used to be that um, when you watched telly in the evening, you had to watch what was on. Sounds a bit odd, but you know, what was on BBC One, two, three, whatever it was. Unless you'd recorded a programme, because you could only really record a programme, because you had your VCR and you recorded it, and then you watched it, so you could then record something else. And you used to watch live television, like everyone else was watching the same thing, and that's why these storylines in EastEnders could be front-page news occasionally, because, um, you know, everyone was watching it, mostly. But nowadays, it's a bit different, isn't it? And you sort of watch your own thing. Some people... I mean, Simon and I hardly ever watch live TV. We'll have recorded things, and so we'll go, what have we got recorded? And we'll look through and we'll watch what, what we've got recorded. And normally, what we try and do is we try and get into a box set. So I don't know whether other people do this, but um, we have Sky, and they have a box set section. So for people like us, it's like... I was going to say heaven, but I'm hoping heaven will be a lot better than that. But, you know, it's good because you've got a whole variety of box sets. So we work our way through the West Wing, you know, and things like this, and we'll, we'll watch these things. And we get so into it because when you're watching a box set, a whole series in one go, and you don't have to wait till the next week, if it's an exciting ending, you just go, let's watch the next one. You know, and you end up watching five in a night. It gets a bit... Or maybe you don't. But, you know, occasionally, then it gets all into your brain, doesn't it? And you feel that you, you're walking this journey with these people. And you sit down in the evening and you go, shall we watch something different? We pretend like we're going to do it. And then we go, no, 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 let's carry on with that. That's it. And we've just recently finished um, watching a programme called Castle. I don't know whether anyone ever watched that. It was an American series, of course, um, on telly about a detective who teamed up with a... Um, a writer who wrote crime novels, as you do in real life. And um, he was very clever at solving crimes. So he would help this detective, and then they fell in love. And you have to watch it, really, you do get into it. But anyway, there's like eight series. And Simon and I watched them, and we just finished the last one. And you finish the series, and then you think, well, what do we do now? You know, you sit down the next night and you go, you feel a bit bereft. You're like, what are we doing? We haven't got our series. Should we start again? 
Should we watch it from the beginning? Because, like, it's been quite a long time. We might not remember some of it, you know. Or should we move on to another one? Or should we watch The West Wing again? Always a favourite. Let's watch The West Wing again, because, you know, I never understand it anyway. Or shall I take up something, a hobby? No, 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 let's not do that. You know, it's difficult, because at the end of something like that, that you've been very involved in, and you feel you've become part of, it's hard to know what to do next. I'm sure you've all felt this at some point or other. It could be that it was a good book. You know, you're reading a good book and you were loving the book and you got to the last page and it was brilliant, but then you're thinking, oh, what do I do now? Or maybe it's a show at the theatre and the curtain comes down and you think, that was brilliant, but I sort of wanted to carry on. Or it could have been a brilliant film. Or maybe it was the netball last night that the England women won. Did anyone watch that? Oh, you need to. You think netball's dull? No, 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 no. No, I I had a close moment of feeling I was having a heart attack or something at one point because it was so exciting. But you get involved in these things and then they end and you think, oh, I sort of want that to carry on. I sort of want to go out with the netball girls and have fun because they've won and they're my friends now because I was involved with them for an hour, you know? You want to continue with these things. You want it to carry on. But it ends. And I think this is why I really love the ending of the book of Matthew in the Bible. Because it's one of those endings that ends, but it leaves the story open. The other endings to the other Gospels, well, they seem sort of more endings. Things happen, that's it, that's the end of the book. But Matthew leaves it open. The book begins, of course, with a whole genealogy. It starts with Abraham, and then there's a whole list of people leading up to the birth of Jesus. There is a promise at the beginning of the book of Matthew of the long-awaited Emmanuel coming to be with his people, given to Joseph, the father of Jesus. And this is followed by a very short verse about Jesus' birth. Not a lot in that. And then we have the visit from the Magi. We have the escape to Egypt. We have the testing in the wilderness of Jesus before the ministry of Jesus Christ begins with the wonderful Sermon on the Mount. And then there follows a book. Matthew really is a wonderful book full of the most amazing stories. We have stories of healing and stories of miracles and stories of teaching. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of things going on. There's an awful lot of parables. Stories that ignite the word of God and stir our souls and make us want to read more. Until we reach the climax of this book, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, Jesus' arrest, his trial, his death, his burial, and finally his resurrection. Where we draw to a close the ending of this wonderful book of most amazing stories that have ever been told. And we reach the conclusion, these final few verses that were read today, which in many ways is even better than what has gone before. Because in the book of Matthew, rather than drawing things to a close with a definite ending, that's it, that's the end, move on to another book, the book finishes with a challenge, an invitation even, if you like, an open ending that invites us to continue on with something. The very thing that we want when we finish the box set, when the curtain comes down on the play, when we put the book to one side. An ending that ends well, but also begins a new chapter that we can continue with. The moment 
that is here entitled The Great Commission. That moment when in four short verses at the end of this wonderful story, Jesus concludes all that has gone before and then he passes the baton on to those who are coming after him. Or if you like, these four short verses where Jesus invites those who have been watching and following and participating in what has gone before to now take up the baton and help to write the next chapter. Help to progress the story. Four short verses, that's all it is. But they round off this book really, really well. And they leave an open ending so that much more can happen. And they're clearly very important verses. Even, not just because they're at the end and anything, but they're very important verses because of their setting. The scene in which they're set is um, on a mountaintop. It's on a mountain where Jesus has told his disciples to go, uh, which, if you don't know anything about the book of Matthew, is quite significant because it seems that anything of any importance in the book of Matthew takes place on a mountain. If we read through the book itself, you'll see the temptation of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, the transfiguration where Jesus appears with Moses and Elijah, and finally Jesus' last teaching to his disciples, all take place on mountaintops. Anything of any importance in the book of Matthew takes place on a mountain. So we know that this final passage, the Great Commission, these four short verses at the end of the book, are of utmost importance to the ending of this account because they take place on a mountain, and not just any mountain, it's not even an an important mountain, it's not one in Jerusalem, it's not one in the city where the climax happened, where Jesus was killed and then rose again, it's not one in the centre of the Roman world or the centre of Jewish culture, it's a mountaintop in Galilee, the place where it all began, it's a backwater area, not really of that importance to anyone, but it's where the disciples were first called. It's where Jesus started his ministry and called the disciples to follow him. This mountaintop in meagre Galilee, where the disciples' lives were first changed by Jesus, is the choice for Jesus to deliver his final words and the Great Commission. And when we look at the words, when we actually read the passage, they are amazing words. They're amazing teaching in just four verses. We often read these words or have them read to us, and we know them, some of us, but, but we don't really fully grasp them, I don't think. They're wonderful words, and they be, begin in an unbelievable way, because Jesus gathers the disciples around himself on the mountaintop, and he says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Amazing sentence, but also very significant. Because on this mountaintop, at the end of his ministry on earth, Jesus begins this final passage with words which echo the empty promises of Satan. Three years earlier, 
as Jesus stood on a similar mountaintop at the beginning of his ministry after 40 days in the wilderness. And Satan promised him that if he would only bow down and worship, the kingdoms of the world would be given to him. All authority would be his if he would just bow down and worship Satan. The easiest thing to do, just bow down, and all authority would be given to him. But instead, Jesus, of course, chooses the hard way. He turns his back on Satan, he goes off and he lives life, and he faces hardship, and he dies a most painful death, and then he rises again. So that now, as Jesus says these words, after all that has gone before, they're not empty promises given by someone who knows nothing of what it means to live and die for others. They're real. They're backed up by humility and sacrifice and compassion. So that now, as he stands on a similar mountaintop, three years and much heartache and struggle later, and says with confidence that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to him, it is a powerful thing to say. It is a real climax. It's the most fitting ending to a story of epic proportions. It's a real curtain closer, if you like, topped only by the words that come next. Therefore, therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Or if you like, therefore, go. You go and write the next part of this story. You go and make my power and authority real by showing others what it is to live this new life that I've brought for you. You go and bring others into this new family that I have created, baptising them into a new name, my name, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, go. You go and continue this wonderful story. Don't shut the curtain or close the book or turn on something else. Instead, take up the baton and tell this story that I have started Tell this story of love and of life and of grace and of forgiveness and of sacrifice. A story of life hard fought and life hard won. A story that is for everyone of every nation. You go and tell this story to people. Not a story that's just for white people or straight people or decent people or hard-working people. Not a story that is of people of, for people of a certain age that are respected in society, but a story that is for everyone, of every nation, in every place, all nations everywhere. You go and teach. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Teach them that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Teach them to come to me if they are weary. Teach them to love their neighbour rather than seek the destruction of revenge. Teach them to give even when they feel they don't have anything. Teach them to pray. Teach them that there's no need to worry because I will be with them until the very end of the age. 
And if you do this, if you take up the baton, you will show them against all the odds that my power is here and my authority is real. So go, says Jesus, and continue this story of lives changed and the world transformed. And you know, in writing this account down in the way he did, in the way Matthew structured the book and put this bit right at the end, in a sense, Matthew is also saying to us today, go, you go. Not just the disciples go, or those in ministry go, but you go. Anyone reading this book, go. Don't finish this book and put it down and close it up and never look at it again. Don't just turn back to the beginning and think, that was a good book, I'll just have another read. But never do anything. Don't think, what should I read now? What's another good book I could do? Don't do that. Don't finish reading this account of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and leave it there. Instead, continue this story. Maybe for some of us, that means following Jesus for the first time, saying, this is what I want to do. I never realised, but now I want to do this. Or maybe for other of us, it means getting baptised into the family of God. Not an optional extra that Jesus says we can do if we want, but something he says to do here. Being given the family name, being baptised into the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Or maybe for others still, it means reprioritising our time and our energies so that we can go and give this message to others. We have time to do that. Or maybe for many of us, it means learning how we go and make disciples. How do I do that? how we live our lives for God in the very different situations we find ourselves in. But whatever it is that is for us at the close of this book, as the story of Easter ends, if you like, we're called by Jesus and by Matthew to do something, to take the next step in our lives so that this true story may continue through each and every one of us here. Maybe we'll just spend a few moments in quiet as we think about what the challenge is for us at the end of this book. What is the challenge for us to go and do? Is it for us to go and follow Jesus? Is it for us to go and get baptised? Is it for us to go and put things into our lives so that we're not just rushing around and occasionally thinking we need to do something else. What is it that we're challenged to do at the end of this book? Let's spend a few moments in quiet.